Hey, you guys, Scott Horton here to remind you that it's fun drive time at the Institute right now. We only do this twice a year, but it's got to be done. And I'm proud to do it, too. We've got an incredible crew of the best writers, authors, and podcasters in the libertarian movement. From Jim Bovard, Lori Calhoun, Tom Woods, and Ted Carpenter, to Keith Knight, Kyle Anzalone, Hunter Dorensis, Connor Freeman, and all the rest of the guys. It's the best team around. We've published three books this year. Keith Knight's Voluntarist Handbook, Lori Calhoun's Questioning the COVID Company Line, and Joseph Solis Mullins' The Fake China Threat. And here any day now, we will be publishing Thomas E. Woods' Diary of a Psychosis, Jim Bovard's Last Rites, and Keith Knight's latest, Domestic Imperialism. That makes 13 books so far, with more coming in the new year, including my new one, Provoked, How Washington Started the New Cold War with Russia and the Catastrophe in Ukraine, which, I know, is already overlong and overdue, but I'm working on it, I promise. And which brings me to the point. We don't have a big glass office building in downtown Washington. The money we raise goes straight to payroll and book production costs, and that's about it. The Libertarian Institute is the best bang for your buck in the movement. If you believe in what we're doing, please go to libertarianinstitute.org slash donate for details on how you can help keep us going into the new year and the great kickbacks we offer as well. And we thank you for your support. For Pacifica Radio, November the 30th, 2023, I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. It is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton, celebrating 13 years here on KPFK, 90.7 FM in L.A., I'm the editorial director of Antiwar.com, and I'm the author of the book, Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. You can find my full interview archive, almost 6,000 of them now, going back to 2003 at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash scotthortonshow, and the rest of all the video sites too. And you can follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at scotthortonshow. All right. I am so happy to welcome back to the show the great Gareth Porter, a man I consider to be the most important journalist of our generation. He may not be as famous as your Seymour Hersh's, but he is the most reliable debunker of lies uh, going back for, you know, a solid 20 years here for the whole terror war long, Iraq War II, Afghanistan, uh, especially Iran. He wrote the book on all the hype about their nuclear program and the real truth about it called Manufactured Crisis, and he's just the best of the best, which is why I have literally interviewed him 326 times. This will be the 327th. My great friend, the wonderful Gareth Porter. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much, Scott. And and uh, you do know, I'm sure, how much I appreciate your interest in my work, which is, shall we say, unique, <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, well, no, nah, you know what? Uh, that's only partially true because I know my audience feels the same way. And I hear from people all the time saying, where is Gareth Porter? Is he safe? Is he all right? <laughs> and then I say, yes, he's fine. He's just working on what, Gareth? Where have you been, well, I've, man? I've been working for the last two years plus, I guess on a book on the Cold War, which the title of which is uh, has been clear in my mind for a very long time. It's the Cold War as deception or as a deception. 
Uh-huh. And now, and to I'm be clear, sure which one. You're, so not, you're not stepping on my toes writing about the new Cold War. This is about the old Cold War, the first correct. Cold War that's with the Soviet correct. Union. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That I'm, the one I'm way behind on is the new Cold War. I hope maybe we can go touring around giving speeches together or something if we ever get them finished. By all means. Wouldn't that be great? Um, well, you know what? You want to talk to us a little bit about the book? I know it's not available yet, but why? what is it that has you in 2022 and 2023 writing a book about the 1940s and 50s and the dawn of the old Cold War, Gareth? Right. Uh, it's, it's a good question because obviously nobody else has thought to take that kind of perspective on the Cold War. That it, I mean, basically my perspective is that it was all a lie. I mean, the, the essence of it was a lie. Uh, it would not have happened but for a whole long series of crucial strategic lies. Uh, so that, in a nutshell, is the thesis of the book. And it has, if I remember correctly, 11 chapters uh, on different uh, parts of the Cold War, all of which uh, not just illustrate but essentially recapitulate that uh, story of how the Cold War unfolded because of strategic lies, mm-hmm. deceptions of the American public, and in some cases of the President of the United States. All right. It's Anti-War Radio. I'm Scott Horton talking with Gareth Porter the Great. And, you know, I, I speak for a lot of people when I say that we really have missed you on the war in Ukraine here. And I know that a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And I can't wait to read this book. I know it's so important. But I also know that I speak for the audience, too, when I say I'm so grateful, Garrett, to see you taking a break from the book to come and commentate for us on what's happening in the Gaza Strip right now. You have such a deep background knowledge of the situation, understanding of moral and international law and the rest and and. And just you got the x-ray eyes when they're inundating us with so much propaganda all day long. Who knows how to make Heidner hair of it? You do. And so we're just so lucky to have you. And I want to point, we have three major ones, but I want to start with these two uh, in-depth articles at consortiumnews.com. Again, the great Gareth Porter, consortiumnews.com. Israeli deceit and the ongoing battle of Shifa Hospital. And then the follow-up. IDF knew real Hamas HQ while lying about Al-Shifa. Please tell us what in the hell is going on here, Gareth Porter. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, thank you very much uh, indeed for the opportunity to do this. Um, the beginning point of this uh, of this series of articles, and, and uh, the third one should be out uh, very, very soon, uh, we won't get into that because it hasn't been published. But but the first one is really about how the Israelis have been propagandizing for literally decades or more than a decade about the notion that Hamas has been using Al-Shifa Hospital as its command center. And this propaganda campaign really begins with the notion and and the the reality that the Israelis themselves built a a bunker, if you will, an extra uh, underground level of the main building in 
Al-Shifa Hospital, the, the most important, the biggest and most important hospital in all of Gaza. And this was in, they, they would have built this in 1982, roughly, if I'm not mistaken, um, when, when the Israelis were actually in charge for uh, some brief period of years mm-hmm. of, of Gaza. Um, and so, so they were carrying out this propaganda campaign that, that this is where Hamas has been putting its command and control center for many years now. Mm-hmm. Now, well, we let me stop you know. for just one second here, Garrett, just to stipulate for people if they're not aware of this. The former Israeli prime minister and defense minister, Ehud Barak, confirmed your assertion on CNN to Christian Amanpour. And I thought it was funny. She actually obviously doesn't read. She only knows what she knows from watching TV, too. So she didn't know what he was talking about. And she right, said, right. excuse me, Mr. Former Prime Minister, did you misspeak? Did you say that you built the tunnels? And Ehud Barak says, yes, of course, lady, this is what we did. We built it. And he says, he explains, too, we were out of room at the campus. So we built right. down so we would have more room for hospital business. You know, that's all. Right, right. So, so ever since then, they have been putting out this propaganda line that, of course, Hamas is using that for its own military command uh, center. Now, it's clear from all the evidence that we have and the lack of evidence that that has been put forward by the Israeli side that they knew nothing of the sort. They had no evidence whatsoever of this. They simply made it up completely. Uh, And yet this has become uh, almost an assumption on the part of those uh, press people who have been covering this for many years now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole series of press articles, if you go back, and I I cite some of them in my first article, that uh, assert precisely what the Israelis have been claiming and claim that the, the Hamas people were seen in the hospital and you know, uh, strolling through the corridors and everything. Um, And so they have been extremely successful in selling this idea. And that's sort of the basis then for the second piece that I did, which was... You know what, hold it right there. Let let me stop you for just one sec to follow up, because I think anyone who's very fair-minded and is trying to keep up on Twitter all day can see where obviously the Israeli government is overreaching on so many of their claims. Right. At the same time, there are people on the side of the Palestinians who I won't say are necessarily on the side of Hamas, but who seem to be willing to bend over backwards to excuse what's going on or to dismiss credible claims against Hamas and and what they're doing here. Um, And then sometimes they have to walk it back, sometimes not. But in other words, I just want to clarify that for people who are not familiar, that you're not some partisan of the people who nominally rule the Gaza Strip here and to whatever degree Hamas is or isn't using those tunnels, that's all you're trying to ascertain, not carry water for them or tell their side of the story here. So, for example, you would acknowledge, Garrett, that the IDF released video of a tunnel and they said, look, we found it. We went down, we sent a dog with a camera on his back, and he went down the tunnel, and then here we are, Bonanza. So, Eureka, deny that, Mr. Porter. So, what is the truth of—I mean, you said that, yeah, Israel built the tunnel, but 
they uh, claim to find this secret shaft there or something. Is that important? Well, it's it's important uh, in so far as the there there's a, there is a shaft, uh, but it is misleading in that they are uh, sort of conflating the fact that there's a shaft with the the propaganda line that it is used by Hamas in conjunction with this is a key point here, uh, which which should not be uh, not just forgotten, but but not uh, given sufficient emphasis. The key point being that that the uh, the Israelis have been arguing that the Al Shifa hospital is fully uh, responsible for what's happening underneath it, that this is somehow, you know, the, the, the evidence that there's a tunnel underneath and there's reasonable assumption that somehow Hamas has used it. We'll get to that. Um, that, that, this, uh, that, that they have the evidence that the Al-Shifa hospital administration bears responsibility for the use of that tunnel they knew about it. They were fully cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. They were part of the conspiracy. And that is another lie that I've taken on in the second article. And again, even more so uh, in the third article that hasn't been published yet. Um, because, and, and you know, this, is, this is a little bit uh, complex. So we have to sort of take it uh, a step at a time. Um, when, when the... Um, when uh, in on November 11th, um, the uh, IDF began this intensive propaganda campaign on Al Shifa Hospital, and it's in the context, very briefly, one has to state, of the IDF, a firm policy and strategy of essentially taking out of commission uh, and and either bombing or otherwise. Uh, destroying the effectiveness of the entire hospital system of Gaza. That was part. That was an essential part of their strategy, for obvious reasons. That the IDF wants to uh, impose the greatest amount of cost on the uh, Palestinian population of Gaza. That is that is an essential part of the strategy. I mean, well, they, it was part of driving them south too, right? Was to Right. Cripple, right. cripple any services available in the north. To cripple services in the north and then to essentially minimize, if not deny, the services in the south as well. So so this is, again, in the context of this Israeli strategy of uh, essentially eliminating the hospital system of Gaza. Now, Al-Shifa, as I said, is the largest and the most important hospital in the entire hospital system by far. And so they have been gunning for it for a while obviously, because of the idea of the tunnel underneath. And and so they began this propaganda campaign um, and it built up uh, over a few a few days with the with the resultant series of articles in the U.S. press, which mirrored, again, the Israeli propaganda line that there was this tunnel that Hamas was using and it was. Uh, part of the the strategy of Hamas of using hospitals as uh, a human shield. That's the key term that that is used by 
uh, Israeli propaganda, a human shield uh, to prevent uh, the Israelis from being able to deal with Hamas. Yeah. Hey guys, Scott here for Leo Hamill Fine Jewelers out of San Diego at JewelryStoreSD.com. They do business nationwide. They sell jewelry and watches, specializing in engagement rings. You know, in case you're in love with somebody. They also specialize in one-of-a-kind vintage and antique jewelry, fully serviced pre-owned fine watches, such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Cartier, and any high-end brand. Leos also services high-end watches faster and cheaper than going to a factory service center. Leos takes all the stress out of shopping for jewelry and engagement rings, and always at the right price. They deal nationwide over the phone at 619-299-1500. That's Leo Hamill Fine Jewelers out of San Diego. Go to JewelryStoreSD.com to check out their fine selection and to find out more. Hey, y'all, you should sign up for my Substack. It's scotthortonshow.substack.com. And if you do that, you'll get the interviews a day before everybody else. But not only that, they'll be free of commercials. How do you like that? Pretty good, huh? scotthortonshow.substack.com. Hey, y'all, libertasbella.com is where you get Scott Horton Show and Libertarian Institute shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers and things, including the great Top Lobsters designs as well. See, that way it says on your shirt why you're so smart. Libertas Bella, from the same great folks who bring you ammo.com for all your ammunition needs, too. That's libertasbella.com. And by the way, no, uh, that's, let me stop you for just one second. I hope yeah. you can find your train of thought. But it's anti-war radio. I'm Scott Horton. I'm talking with Gareth Porter about his pieces at consortiumnews.com about all the propaganda about the hospital here. But this has got to be remarked upon about just the the absolute miraculous success of the Israelis in the use of this propaganda term, human shields. And somehow... Right just simply begging the question or arguing past the sale with and just somehow building in to those two words the idea that of course you can kill a human shield there's no <laughs> restriction on killing an innocent civilian if a bad guy's hiding behind him everybody exactly. knows that and exactly. so it's that not is, even debated. It's just somehow baked into that thing so well. This has got to be one of the most successful propaganda campaigns since the Yellow Ribbons of 1990. I agree. I agree, Scott. And you're, you're very correct in pinpointing this and highlighting this, I should say, because it is a very important uh, part of their, uh, not just a very important part, I would say it is the epicenter of their propaganda campaign uh, during this war that uh, allows them or has has allowed them through their success in getting the New York Times and the rest of the uh, U.S. Uh, press to go along essentially with their with their line. Now, I'm going to having stated that I'm going to partially uh, uh, revise it by by saying that when the Israelis invited the press, first of all, to visit what what was the opening of the tunnel before they had gotten into it uh, and, uh, and, and gave them these briefings. They were, I think the word that, I think there was the CNN correspondent who was one of those who visited uh, said that, that this evidence that you're presenting is underwhelming. Uh, this is when they were laying out uh, within uh, the above ground hospital uh, one of the rooms of, of one of the 
uh, one of the rooms, one of the rooms in one of the uh, buildings in the hospital, a bunch of weapons and uh, uh, uniforms. I mean, of, not even uh, a bunch, right? A handful. A handful. A handful. It's reasonable to say. Um, and and this, this was a kind of amateurish performance by the IDF, I must say, which simply did not convince anybody that they hadn't just brought this stuff in. I mean, it was so easy for them to do it. There was nothing to prevent them. And they had no evidence uh, to, to show otherwise. Yeah. So, I think anyway, even the corporate it, press caught them adding a rifle behind the MRI machine. Yes, the earlier right. clip showed one and the second clip showed two. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, 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 so we have these visits by the press to the underground tunnel. And, and this is where I think that this is the um, ultimate sort of part of my reporting here so far uh, and, and involves the third report as well, that, that what, the, um, what the IDF showed when they have a video of the travel through the tunnel from the beginning to the end. And of course, what did they find? They didn't find anything. There was nothing there. Um, and the IDF spokesman who conducted the tours of the press and, and also took a tour himself where he gave his own sort of um, uh, personal commentary on what he was seeing. Uh, what, what one can derive from, from that series of presentations by the IDF of what was in the tunnel is that their line doesn't really make sense because there was no evidence whatsoever of the use of that tunnel by the uh, by Hamas during this war. Um, and in fact, one of the reporters from a uh, uh, from from one of the dailies in um, in Israel. Uh, who who uh, went? It was Haaretz, actually. It, it is the uh, the uh, Hebrew language newspaper, which also has an English edition, which has been critical of the of the government of of Israel, but sent somebody uh, the the uh, correspond the military correspondent was sent to accompany a group of of journalists uh, with the IDF spokesman to go through the tunnel, and and he. Uh, afterwards wrote a report which uh, has been cited by uh, Fred Kaplan of Slate magazine uh, as uh, convincing evidence of the truth of the IDF, uh, you know, convincing evidence of the IDF that the, uh, the tunnel was actually used as the command center for this war. Well, it doesn't, the evidence doesn't show that at all. In fact, one other AP correspondent who'd taken the trip through the tunnel observed that it seemed like it hadn't been used for quite a while. And and even the Haaretz correspondent, who appears to be supportive of the Israeli war, um, admitted that um, it wasn't clear when it was last used. Right. And and it, it was either used in a previous war or in this war. Meanwhile, <laughs> that's the way to put it. I mean, OK, so again, it's anti-war radio. I'm Scott Horton talking with Gareth Porter and Gareth, uh, you know, you had mentioned it's in the article, too, about 
the Israelis have put out this graphic of this massive multi-level complex right. that was right. reminiscent of the cartoon drawings that they put in Newsweek about the hideouts at Tora Bora in Nangarhar province in 2001, where they you showed have- bin Laden having these massive computer banks. It looked like something from uh, Cobra, from G.I. Joe, you know, the bad guys. Instead of just literally just being a cave in the side of a mountain right. where they're this sleeping is, on the floor. Is, of course, the most interesting chapter in this entire tale, and, and I've skipped over it, and you are correct in bringing me back to it, because it, it illustrates just how far the IDF goes in putting out ridiculous propaganda that ultimately, of course, it was completely, it had to take back. This is propaganda that shows an artist's conception of how uh, Hamas has colonized Al-Shifa Hospital. It shows them uh, using five different uh, buildings, or no, sorry, four different buildings, uh, shows the whole building as red, meaning that Hamas is using it, uh, and then shows that there's connections between the, uh, the, the uh, hospital itself and the underground tunnel uh, and and the underground tunnel is shown, obviously, artist conception of Hamas using it with their command center. All right, you guys, it is anti-war radio, and I'm Scott Horton talking with my good friend, Gareth Porter the Great, uh, back in action here at ConsortiumNews.com. He's got a few important pieces for you here, including Israeli deceit and the ongoing battle of Shifa Hospital, and uh, now we got to discuss, Gareth, IDF new real Hamas headquarters while lying about al-Shifa. And uh, as you say, this is open in the Israeli press. It's just most Americans aren't paying attention, but you certainly are. So this really goes to undermine right. the claims <laughs> about that hospital. Well, well, it's a, it's a kind of strange um, story that, that is not totally explained yet. Uh, but but it starts with this leak from uh, the IDF itself. Somebody in the IDF leaked this to the Jerusalem Post, um, which is a conservative, you know, pro-government, obviously pro-Likud uh, uh, newspaper in Jerusalem, that uh, the IDF um, had discovered the uh, headquarters of Hamas the underground headquarters of Hamas, underneath the above-ground headquarters of Hamas uh, in northern uh, Gaza, not about eight miles or so from uh, the uh, Shifa hospital, uh, but clearly not connected. And uh, this discovery was obviously a big, uh, it was big news, but nobody else picked it up and, you know, I think it's reasonable to assume that the uh, Netanyahu government called up everybody in the uh, uh, press in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and made sure that they knew that this was not to be to be published. This story was not to be published because it simply stopped. Nobody else. Nobody else published this key uh, find. Uh, a key story that had been published on November 11th, uh, and uh, so so there's a very interesting backstory there. But 
then we we go to the fact that um, this this was uh, just a few days before the IDF moved in physically into Al Shifa Hospital to take it over, and the first thing they did was to prepare a propaganda offensive. They went in in the middle of the night uh, with a large crew. And uh, the next morning, uh, later in the morning, uh, they gave a, uh, a, not a press conference, but they did a, a video <laughs> tour of one of the buildings in Shifa Hospital. And uh, they showed a bunch of weapons and, you know, uh, paraphernalia, uh, uniforms and so forth. And they claimed that this showed uh, that the, uh, I, that the, uh, Hamas had been had taken over this building of the hospital and had been using it for their own headquarters <laughs> and planning uh, for their offensive. Uh, but it was it was a pretty poor show of propaganda, pretty amateurish, and it wasn't really it didn't really sell in terms of the the certainly the American media didn't buy it at all. Um, and they were told that by at least one journalist who uh, was being interviewed on camera, yeah. who was interviewing uh, the, the spokesperson on camera. And they got to be pretty full of it for the American major corporate media to say, wait a minute, that doesn't Indeed. sound right. Indeed, it was very transparently phony, I think this is fair to say. Yeah. Uh, well, so, listen, so, Gary, they've, they've killed uh, something like 15,000 people, and there are reports or estimates, I guess, that there must be five or 7,000 people or something still buried in the rubble who aren't identified right. yet, or, you know, these kinds of just... Unnumbered, unnumbered thousands. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just incredible. And then, and of course, it raises the question of whether they'll ever be get a proper burial or they'll just all be bulldozed away or whatever's going to happen to them. But I'm sorry, the point being that... Um, is there any real estimate of how much Hamas has actually suffered for this, and particularly the Al-Qassam brigades who actually did the deed while all these ten, more than 10,000 civilians, and they say, I think the U.N. said it was was 65% women and children dying yeah. in this thing? I mean, it's it's a few thousand. I mean, uh, generally speaking, that's that's the round estimate. They don't really know, but um, no, that's it's... It's a fraction of the civilian casualties, in short, right? It's just terrible. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm sorry, Gareth. We are all out of time uh, for continuing this interview. That's it for Anti-War Radio for today. But I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you are back doing a little bit of daily journalism here. <laughs> and I know the book is so important, and I'm all for it. But also, we've missed you so bad. So we're so happy to have you. Everyone, go <laughs> to consortiumnews.com. And look at uh, so far three, about to be a fourth new piece there on uh, Israel's war against the people of the Gaza Strip there at consortiumnews.com. And thank you so much, Gareth, for your time on the show again. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it. All right, you guys. And that is Anti-War Radio for today. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm at antiwar.com and scotthorton.org. And you can follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at Scott Horton Show. And I'm here every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 on 90.7. KPFK in LA. See you next week.